dedicated to trots racing. On winners, welcome to Gate Speed. And welcome to this week's edition of Gate Speed. Joining me, Blake Redden and also Jason Boddington. How are you, boys? <clears throat> yeah, good, Nuds. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to Gate Speed today. Bon, we're, we're on separate locations, so uh, we'll have to do a job of it from different positions, but looking forward to talking about the last week or so. Yeah, I'll take ten and a half forward. You can, uh, you can take a pocket, and we'll, uh, we'll all be right. Lots went on over the weekend, of course, starting this Friday night at Bathurst, all the way through to uh, the brilliant win of Buster Bray at Horsham, so look forward to covering it all now. OK, well, let's talk about some of the things we've learned over the past week. Turbo Boosted Nitro announces himself as Australia's preeminent juvenile in the crown. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It's good to hear that Jason's in a wind tunnel on his way uh, to wherever he's going as well. Centre four, we might have to bench him at some stage. But anyway, uh, we're talking about Jillaby Nitro winning the Bathurst Gold Crown, and what a win it was. He he just showed that dynamic gate speed. Uh, we spoke to Jason Lee on on, uh, on gate speed last week, as it were, and he he sort of mentioned that. Oh dear, this is going to be quite an episode yeah, of gate speed. Yes, it is. <laughs> He mentioned that he um, he might have some gate speed, which he used, and uh, and he was just too strong for them. So he's he's a proper two-year-old. He's athletic. He's fast. He's pretty professional, and that goes a long way in these big races, doesn't it, Bon? It certainly does. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's the number one going around at the moment. You saw the gate speed that he did use, and he broke the Bathurst Gold Crown record by almost a second. Now I know they've only been at a new track for a few years, but really big effort by him. That gate speed's going to take him a long way. I know that Greg Hayes. Asked him to compare, or Jason Lee to compare, Lumineer and Jolly Nitro, and pretty much said there's nothing between them at this stage of their careers. We know that, unfortunately, we haven't seen Lumineer for a long time, but he was an absolute gun juvenile. And to be fair, it's probably fair to say, even though we'll discuss another two-year-old a little bit later in the show, that you know not too many have really emerged to put their hands up and say we are absolutely top-class. Jolly Nitro, definitely not only one of those, but the best so far, and a terrific win in the Gold Crown final on, on Friday night at Bathurst. And also our next point is uh, Art imitates life as Lochinvar snags overdue Group 1 triumph. Yeah, well, he's really been uh, he's been toiling away, hasn't he? Bad barrier draws, hasn't had things to go his way in big races, Lochinvar. But I think we've known for a little while, um, even as early as the British Challenge last season, when he, uh, he was locked in a box behind hard hitter, we've known that he's very, very good. And... Uh, and he just hasn't had the opportunity to produce it on the big stage. Well, he did on on Friday night, and he just monstered his rivals. It was such an impressive win. Um, you know, he was able to be versatile. He was driven to, to be put into the race, albeit at the right time. But, uh, you know, it just adds another string to his bow. He's got that high speed, and, and he, he just crushed his rivals. So uh, exactly where he sits in the pantheon of three-year-olds, I guess, you know, it's probably one of those seasons where barrier draws are going to mean a lot. And if he draws well... I don't think anyone would be denying he's uh, he's got the class of most of them in his division, Bon. Yeah, look, I'd have to agree with that. I think I think critically that uh, um, the battle for Australian three-year-old of the year, as you mentioned, is going to be absolutely sensational. We do believe he's nominating or wants to go over to New Zealand to contest the Harness Jewels. If he was able to go over there and win the Harness Jewels, then you'd have to say he'd nearly be in prime position to be the three-year-old of the year. But we've got the Vic Bread Super Series, the Breeders' Crown still to come. Muscle Factory wins the Victoria Derby. Uh, Max Delight wins the New South Wales and Tasmanian derby. Now you've had Lock and Farrard come out and put his hand up after some magnificent runs from poor draws so far this season. So uh, it's going to be a really dramatic and climatic finish to the season for the three-year-olds. But I don't think anyone would begrudge Lock and Farrard a big, a big race success on Friday night. And I don't think it'll be his last for the season. He's just got it all. He's very, very strong. He's exceptionally quick. And to watch him crush Ruby do, 
and go away with that uh, that dominant victory on Friday night. I don't think any three-year-old or any horse in the country probably deserves a big win more than Lock and Barat. Mm, OK. Uh, Brady almost ends Country Cup's champ with monster win at Horsham. Yeah, I mean, the almost can be in brackets there, really, couldn't it? Because, <laughs> well, I mean, he's, uh, it, you know, it would take a minor miracle for perspective to knock him off here. He's uh, he's basically done the job, Buster Brady, uh, in the in the Trots Country Championship because uh, his win at Horsham puts him nine points clear. I think if perspective won both the Warrigal and Mildura Cups, he could uh, he could get the job done, but that seems highly unlikely at this stage. And Buster Brady's off for a break now. Probably worth talking about the race itself because. Uh, it was uh, it was some sort of win. The way uh, he poured the pressure on when they were going slowly early, can't refu- refuse. Wouldn't wouldn't relent. The breeze ended up running onto the top. They ran a 27-7 first quarter of the final mile, and uh, and he looked gone on the corner. Buster Brady. We know he doesn't corner well, but he picked up in the straight, and uh, it was uh, it was some sort of win. Bond to to win the way he did. Um, as I said, I think he's going for a bit of a break now. But uh, I don't know. Blacks a fake midwinter would seem a a very likely target Albion Park will it be his track I'm not sure but uh, you know it's hard to it's hard to not look at a race like that with him isn't it Oh, I guess it probably is. I think even more so, potentially, the Len Smith Mile. I know people will say he's not a miler, but he's definitely suited to Tabcorp Parkman Angle, regardless of the numerical results he recorded through the Miracle Mile uh, series in the Bohemia Crystal Free-for-All. Um, but, look, he's had a really big campaign. I know that uh, when Luke Stokey first bought the horse, he thought we're going to miss a couple of the big races, the Inter Dominion included, and, and try and save him, because he's only had one sort of operation now at the absolute top level. Of well, he's only been in Australia for four months, and um, it's been an asset test for him to turn up here and do what he's done, five Country Cup victories. The almost is in parenthesis there in the run there because it will take a more than a minor miracle for perspective to go past Buster Brady. He'd be, des- he'd be a deserving winner, wouldn't he? You don't just turn up and win five Country Cups. And they've been in remarkably similar circumstances. He loves to run a very fast first quarter of the final mile. Then he can maintain the rage. We know his vulnerability around tight-turning tracks or even not-so-tight-turning tracks is that final bend because... I reckon on the pegs he's OK. So. On the on the pegs, he's, he's actually not that bad well, around the bend, and, and that's the thing. He has got he has got relatively good gate speed, but how often is he going to be in front? He's got he's got that San Carlo type gate speed. He can get out relatively well, but um, he could, he could even get around the jury if they decide to get a mill jury. If he was in front, it probably wouldn't bother him too much. But when he's got to be off the pegs, um, we saw I think that everybody would have thought he was absolutely gone. So I reckon in the grassroots goal where he picked up about thirteen hundred bucks, pegs. He would have been crying tears on the turn when you saw Buster Brady going backwards because he looked like he had no chance at all. But when he gets on the straight line, his speed is just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, he's going to win a really, really big race. I reckon that might just be the fact that they're turning him out now rather than keeping him going that will be the precursor of him doing that next season. And also, uh, Python chokes his rivals in another regional feature. He's uh, He's been a really interesting horse, Monty Python. He went... Pretty big through the Inter-Dominion series for the Trotters when he first came over to Australia. He's now trained by Brent Lilly, and he's... I'm not going to say he's been a disappointment, but I think he probably has let punters down once or twice, Monty Python. At the same time, he's run one or two absolute bottlers, and certainly one of those was on the weekend when he did get the job done in the Horsham Trotters Cup. Everything probably presented on a platter for him. He was following the favourite El Parada who just went awkwardly in the in the straight. Uh, he emerged at the right time. He he only had to chase down Belts. Belts is a nice horse, particularly in front, but uh, on class, Monty Python, you would have thought, would have him covered, and that was the case. So uh, maybe these staying features are going to be a key to him, Bon Monty Python. Obviously, New Zealander stand starts won't bother him. So, you know, he's the kind of horse that on his day, he's a uh, very, very good trotter, and, and on his uh, bad days, he's probably not. 
Yeah, look, I, I, I'd probably echo all those sentiments. He's probably, from a punter's perspective, he's been a difficult horse uh, since coming across from the Tasman, but I think you're dead right. He needs sort of a cold smother. We saw that at Cranman as well. We ran past some good horses. If he gets a cold smother and he lets everybody else do a little bit of the work and he's able to be exposed at the right time, over long trips, he's definitely a very good horse. We even saw in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final what a good horse he can be. Will he ever win a really big one? Probably not here, but um, he's certainly done a job. And when you look at you know, his achievements for the season since he's come over to Australia, they'll look pretty good. Just from the punter's perspective, I'm not sure too many would have ended up uh, um, up on backing him rather than there. And our final point is be happy doesn't worry as he lives up to the hype in the Shaker Maker Classic. Is that, uh, is that Bob Marley Bond? Bob Marley? Uh, it's, Bo- it's Bobby McFerrin. you got the Bob, right? Bobby mm. McFerrin, just a little bit before your time. Bakes, don't worry, be happy. Terrific little tune. One of the first records I ever bought, but I'll let you have your commentary on the race now. Oh, well, you're, you're sort of the one that's um, that's uh, uh, pushing this barrow. You seem quite keen on Be Happy Mac as a horse. I thought the win was nice. Uh, probably, you know, again, didn't didn't have to do too much, uh, too many spectacular things, but got the right run, was too good for them. I know you've certainly uh, at least been buying into the theory that he could potentially be Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin's best early season two-year-old. You know, maybe he is, maybe he can do more than we've seen at the track to date, but um, I'm not going to go off early on him. He he looks like a nice two-year-old, but you're you're a little bit more impressed? Well, it's a little bit what I said earlier. I mean, I I don't think there's been half a dozen Australian two-year-olds at this early stage of the season that have looked like absolute megastars. We have heard Clayton Tonkin and Emma Stewart that at home, at least, at Be Happy Mac, looked to be their best early season two-year-old, maybe their best two-year-old overall. Um, the win on debut was actually probably better than it looked because his last 100 metres was excellent, and he beat a horse called What Did You Say, who was a subsequent winner. He's turned up and, yes, had the soft trip the other night on uh, Saturday night at Tabcourt Park Melton in the Shake and Make It Classic, but I felt it was a very soft victory in the end. I'm not sure the pegs was on or the sprint lane was on that night, and to be able to just hump through and win so comfortably... Um, you know, it was a very good performance. Was the time spectacular? It wasn't out of this world, but I just got a funny feeling right now. As mentioned, Jillaby Nitro has to be ranked clear in a way the number one Australian um, two-year-old Colt or Gallagher at the moment. But you just get the feeling you put the boom together with the fact that he's now two runs for two wins, and the fact that you know he's being spoken about a horse with explosive speed under the right circumstances, and you can't help but sort of rate Be Happy Mac probably a clear number two at the moment based on not only what he's achieved but the, the opinion of him back home. What's coming up this week, guys? Oh, we've got, uh, I think, fair to say, a pretty quiet week, Bond. We've got uh, the uh, the Sundons gift trotters free-for-all at Tabcor Park Melton, which we'll see McLovin go around in. It'll be, uh, you know, another race for him to, to sort of show his wares up against Delta Sun and the returning the boss man. Uh, outside of that, um, Bond, I'm not sure if you found anything else that, that we need to be tuning in for, but uh, that looks the, the key race at Melton on, on Saturday night. Yeah, there's some other nice races going around. We get to see uh, another clash between Perfect Major and Tango and Lucia. A lot of finals on Saturday night. So for the for the um, for the thoroughbred pundits who don't know a lot about the trots, you can probably only go back and watch one replay each for a few of these races on Saturday night. It'll be pretty close to the mark. And as per usual, the M1 to M2, a really good race. Cruz is there and looks your likely leader. But Joni in, who's flying at the minute, is in the same race. Scoob Operator's got ability for Karen Manning. Motu Gatecrasher, Rishi, who absolutely is bursting to break through for a victory in the M1 to M2, but it's a little bit of a calm before the storm, before it seems like uh, half the HOV staff and, uh, and plenty of participants go up to Mildura next week, of course, for the Mildura Cup Series. So we'll have a quiet weekend this weekend now, so we'll just try and get some more fun to pay for the accommodation and the flock. And then next week it's all about Mildura, and hopefully that series, as it normally is, will be absolutely spectacular. There is uh, there is also a free-for-all up at Menangala Group 3 race, which uh, Maxi Man's in, and 
uh, Lombo, Cotter, Kinnablu and uh, and the, the crew. So that'll be a good race with Major Dan. But uh, for now, Bon, I, I think you're probably about to grab a boost juice at Southern Cross Station and uh, and then head off to the Tabcourt building. So we might have to let you go. All right, thanks, guys. Are you a boost? Is he a boost juice fan? Nah, I just, just said it because I know it's at the Southern Cross uh, building. Oh, oh, you're the Boost Juice fan. Oh, I do like them, but yeah. I just, uh, yes. just just referencing where I reckon he might be right now, yeah. which, is, <laughs> which is Southern Cross Station in Melbourne Town. Good on you. Thank you, Blake. <laughs> Thanks, Nards.